There's always a creative solution to every single problem and you're the designer of your life. It's just we give our power away so easily. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello, my friends. I'm Brett Larkin. Welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast where we take yoga off the mat and into our daily lives. Today, I'm talking about three different language shifts that I'm currently using that I've found to be helpful and empowering, and I wanted to share them with you. Many of you also listen to the Savannah podcast, which is a separate podcast. You can find it on iTunes or here on my YouTube channel, where I interview different experts about everything related to yoga, meditation, having a healthy lifestyle, and an appropriate mindset, let's put it, for transformation and growth. And something that has come up over and over again is the power of language, how we really need to think about how we speak to ourselves internally in order to set us up for the most transformation and success. And I think this is a theme that is in all meditation traditions as well, this idea of observing our thoughts, realizing that we are not our inner dialogue, that incessant voice inside our head that might be critiquing us, critiquing others, saying things, worrying about things, projecting into the future, worrying about the past, right? That we're actually not any of those voices. We're the space behind that voice, that those voices are like passing clouds and we are the sky. This is a theme that is in so many of the meditative traditions, the different uh, lineages that are out there. But what I wanted to focus on for this podcast was actually three different phrases that my inner dialogue tends to say a lot, and I'm guessing yours does too, that I found particularly helpful to hone in on and shift. So I'm excited to share these with you in this week's episode. Let's get started. All right, so this first one I think is the most obvious and the most universal, but it's the phrase, I have to. I have to go pick up my kids from school. I have to finish this project by Thursday. I have to cook dinner. I have to get up at 6.30 tomorrow morning because I need to catch a flight, right? This I have to phrase. And at the surface level, it may seem like, yes, right? You have to do those things. You don't have a choice. But the reality is we always do have a choice. And if you're like me, and I think I've talked about this in prior podcasts, or if you're an Uplifted member, I've for sure talked about it inside the Uplifted community, but that I have a big struggle with the victim mindset, right? That's sort of my default when I'm not aligned, when I'm not doing my meditation practice, my journaling practice, my yoga practice. I notice that I fall into what's called the victim mindset, where I feel victimized by everyone around me and my situation. This voice is a complainer type of voice. It's always whining. It feels isolated, right? The victim mindset also is, is very much feeling siloed, alone, away from the rest of everyone else's experience, right? It's like something's happening to just you. Just you have it so hard. Just, you know, everyone else is lucky. Like, just you uh, have all these struggles. And it's, it's just, it's disempowering, bottom line. It's super disempowering. And even though it's subtle, using this I have to phrase is disempowering 
it just is, right? Like you don't have to do anything really. You are the designer and creator of your life and you get to choose what you do. It may seem like you don't have a choice, but the reality is you do have a choice in everything. Even something like I have to pick up my kids from school. It's like, actually you don't. You could hire a nanny to pick them up from school, or you could ask your husband to pick them up from school, or you could call on a family member or friend, or you could organize a carpool where you take turns with other women picking kids up from school, right? Like there's always a creative solution to every single problem, and you're the designer of your life. It's just we give our power away so easily. And in this small way of just catching the I have to, I think it helps attune you to all the places you're giving your power away. For example, I have to get up at 6.30 a.m. tomorrow to catch a flight to Los Angeles. Well, yes, the flight is leaving. Yes, I bought the ticket, but I don't have to go. I could cancel the trip, but I actually committed to go and I'm looking, even though the flight is early, right? I'm looking forward to the work and the filming I'm going to do that day when I'm there. And it's a choice that I made to go and do it. So do you see how all of a sudden you switch from a place of disempowerment to a place of feeling empowered about your choices? And if you don't feel empowered about the choice, that's a sign you need to make a change. But again, retain authorship, retain ownership of the situation. Don't give your power away by saying, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to make dinner. You don't have to make dinner, right? You can, you can tell your family that you don't feel like cooking tonight for whatever reason and that you need to order in, right? It's all about vocalizing your needs and being a proactive action taker to design the situations that you want. So many of us are so much more comfortable, myself included, just complaining, right? Or kind of sweeping those feelings under, under the carpet, so to speak. And it's really a tragedy because when you step up as the designer and author of your life and are excited about finding creative solutions, you're suddenly in the seat of power. You're in the driver's seat creating your dream scenario, right? Maybe your dream scenario is to pick up your kids from school like every other day or maybe just on Thursdays because that's the day you work from home or who knows. And you're going to like create this amazing carpool and network with other moms and they're going to be so appreciative too, right? Like there's always a creative solution to every single problem. So don't get tricked by feeling by falling into that victim mindset. It's so, so seductive and tempting. And for many of us, it's our default, right? For me, unless I cultivate a different reaction, that's my default, right? Is to always feel victimized, always feeling like, woe is me, everything's so hard. And it's just ridiculous, because especially as women, it's like we're just giving our insane divine feminine power away for absolutely no reason and it's a total tragedy so don't do that so one the helpful tip is I have to right always change I have to in your mind to I choose to or I choose not to and then you're going to create a again very creative amazing uh, solution to whatever it is you're dealing with Okay, and then the next phrase that I wanted to share is I need to or I need. I need this. I need that. I need to find this. I need to find that. So I need to find a meditation that's going to help protect my energy. <laughs> I need to go on this meditation retreat so I can feel more legitimate as a teacher. I need to know everything about Ayurveda 
in order to impress my students, right? This is, and again, I'm just using examples that came to mind from my own life, right? But we all have, or I need more white clothes to do Kundalini in. I need a non-slip yoga mat because the one that I'm currently using isn't good enough, right? There, there's like, we have a million wants and needs. And all the ones that I used were examples of just material things or maybe courses or like online learning. There is so much <laughs> information available to us all the time. And we can be sort of like in this addictive consumer mindset all the time, even with stuff that's yogic, right? Like even with yoga clothes or yoga material, yoga courses, yoga online content. And what I've realized is like that compulsion, I need to learn more. I need more of this. I need more of that. It is a constant, again, giving your power away to something outside yourself. Now, should you take yoga courses that resonate with you online? Should you invest in key items in your yoga practice to enhance it? Of, of course, right? But what I'm talking about is like when this is happening all the time, like you chronically feel or like multiple times a day or multiple times a week that there's solutions to your discomfort outside of yourself or solutions to your insecurity outside yourself that you constantly need to go after by obtaining more knowledge or obtaining more stuff. And I'm really proud of myself because I've really started nipping this in the bud and I'd like to invite you to as well if this resonates. Anytime that you are having the inner dialogue of it's telling that the stream is I need to acquire something outside of myself. I need to get something outside of what I currently have. That's a little red flag. And again, I'm not saying it's always wrong, right? Because again, we do need to invest in further education. And we again, we do need to invest in some nice yoga props to support our practice and, you know, make us feel, make our space feel beautiful. Like all of these things are important, but it can get chronic. It really, really can to this point where, again, it's a giving away of your, of your power. Because here's the reality, is the yoga practice is really teaching that everything we need is within us. And if you quiet down, you are whole. You already have access to all the information <laughs> that you need. The issue isn't obtaining more. The issue is can you quiet down? to listen to the truth that's already there that we never get to hear because we're so busy acquiring stuff and doing stuff. And what's so amazing is that most of the stuff we acquire, we never finish, right? Most people who take courses, especially expensive online courses, like they never finish them. This is statistically proven. This is why I make my 200 hour online teacher training like very highly interactive and only release the content in two week chunks and check in with everyone on video multiple times a week because I know that if I just release the videos to everyone like all at once and just let them watch it passively, like no one would even finish the course. I myself have dozens of books that again, I never finish them, right? It's like you feel this need, this impulse to like acquire. And it, basically we're all, especially because of the internet, in information overload. So something I've been working on that I invite you to share, again, only if it resonates, is that we don't need more information. We need to quiet down so we can listen to our truth, to our satnam, to our true identity. 
The most amazing teachers are so amazing because they know how to do that, because they have this inner knowing, this intuition. And again, I'm not saying never further your studies or, or you know, make that big purchase to do you know, maybe my online teacher training or some other courses that interest you, but notice if you have a compulsion to feel like you constantly need more and it's stemming from a place of insecurity. I think so many yoga teachers struggle with this sense of insecurity. And it's just like, if I can read this book or get this style of pants or, you know, I need this, I need that, I need, 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 need. Take it as a signal that maybe you just really need to take a deep breath and quiet down and recommit to your practice and recommit to finding the silent, quiet space inside of you. Because when you're in that quiet, silent space inside of you, what one of my big mentors, John Barnes as well, calls being centered being in the state of now, universal consciousness, universal intelligence is like instantly available. So you can tap into this wisdom, this vast wisdom that right now it's like you can't even listen to it because you have so much other static noise going on and you're trying to, you know, and you're, and you're, and you're just like asking for more noise by bringing more and more into the picture. Something else I've also done is instead of reading new books and constantly looking for more is to reread books that are my favorites. And sure enough, you'd be shocked, but I come out with crazy new insights every single time I go over the material again. So the big bottom line here is that if you have this chronic need of like always needing more and your, your answers to always look outside of yourself, try to catch that. Try to catch that as a red flag because, of course, there are going to be times when you need to invest in further education, but you may be in this chronic loop of insecurity where you think that more knowledge is going to make you feel more secure. And let me tell you, it just doesn't work that way. It never works that way. That's why I have so many people take my 200-hour YTT as bridge students, continuing education students, because... What they're really looking for in like retaking their 200 hour or getting to retake the course as continuing education, it's not even so much the knowledge, whether they realize it or not, when they enroll, what they're really looking for is to connect with me and like-minded folks to get that confidence in themselves to go out there and teach and share. That's what it's really about, even if they don't realize it when they sign up. And those of you who are coming to the Uplifted Mastermind with me, for those of you who don't know, I'm now running three-day weekend masterminds, very much focused on finding your confidence and your voice and your business plan as a yoga teacher. That's what's missing. It's that ability to connect to your inner truth, your inner stillness, and tap into universal intelligence whenever you want because you have a super, super strong personal practice. That's what it comes back to. The answer is not in a book. It's not in the next meditation retreat. The answer is in your personal practice. Can you slow down? Can you commit to a really strong personal practice where you get quiet and listen to your truth? And, you know, I feel like I'm sounding a little harsh, but this is really the best news ever. It's the best news because it means that if you're like me with small children at home or you don't have the funds <laughs> to travel to India, it means that you can still have incredibly enlightening experiences at home by committing. And if you're having trouble committing to an at-home practice where you are doing something daily, 
maybe the same class every day or you're moving through like a training plan of a specified sequence of classes every day, join Uplifted because that's what Uplifted's for to help you commit and create that personal practice at home that's going to work for you. Commit to a ritual at home that's going to work for you to get you into this place of centeredness. That's what we're missing (laughs) in today's world. Like when you connect with someone in this day and age who's centered, you're so drawn to them. You're so drawn to them because it's so rare. So I feel like I went on a huge tangent. But the phrase is, I need. I need this. I need that. I need you know, the other thing. So often we just need to come back to basics. Okay. The third one, and this is a little bit of a different riff, but the third phrase or inner, inner dialogue that I've been catching is I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that my baby's so calm. I'm so lucky that I had a healthy pregnancy. I'm so lucky that, you know, fill in the blank. I'm so lucky that I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I'm able to work from home. I'm so lucky that. So notice if you use this phrase too in your head. And at the surface, it seems like, well, well, this is a great phrase because it's, you know, expressing gratitude and appreciation. But at a deeper level, the I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, again, is a giving away of your power potentially or in my case I noticed it was a giving away of my power I'm not so lucky that I get to work from home I have been working (laughs) for seven years to make this my reality every day putting in 110 percent to my YouTube channel to the people who connect with me online giving 110 percent to anyone who uh, has, has interacted or purchased my products or subscribed really pushing myself. So it's not like, oh, I'm so lucky that this just happened to happen. I created this. I worked my guts out. And what I noticed when I was doing like that, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, it was, again, not owning my power, not owning how much I've worked. Now, is there an element of luck in life? A hundred percent, especially when we start talking about things like birth and children. But again, I notice myself saying all the time, well, I'm so lucky I had a healthy pregnancy. I'm so lucky my baby's calm, especially when I hang out with some of my friends' babies who, who aren't. But I meditated every single day of my pregnancy. I walked two and a half miles every day of my pregnancy. So it's definitely in part luck because I'm sure there's people who meditate and walk and do yoga their whole pregnancy and you know maybe they end up with complications in their birth or they end up with a C-section or you know their their baby ends up having problems. I'm sure that happens. So so there is an element of luck. But again, by just saying like I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, it's like not acknowledging that I actually worked my butt off my whole pregnancy to again meditate, eat healthy, walk, like all these things. I really prioritize that. So what I'm saying is I think we have a tendency, especially as women, to not feel good about saying, I killed this. Like I did an awesome job with this. For example, like, are you the type of person, because I know I'm this way, like when someone compliments you, you like immediately brush it off. That's what I'm talking about with this, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky. Like when someone says, you know, you look beautiful, you're like, oh, well, you know, 
thanks. I, you know, you look great too. Da, da, da. You, you're constantly kind of like brushing off these, these compliments or, you know, you did a really great job. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, like seven other people really helped me. Um, is it good to be modest and kind and humble? Of course, of course it is. But I think far more the tendency is that we're actually uncomfortable or I know I'm actually uncomfortable receiving praise. Uncomfortable acknowledging my efforts and, and my hard work. It's like we're so hard on ourselves or I'm so hard on myself that it's uncomfortable to sit in a space of acknowledgement. To sit in a space of letting in a compliment. That's not what I want. That's not the example I want to set for my son or maybe my future daughter if I have more children. That I'm so hard on myself that I can't let in a compliment and really feel it and really own it. That even in my own life I kind of brush everything off. This I'm so lucky phrase, it wasn't about gratitude deep down even though it sounds like it's about gratitude. I noticed that it was actually me deflecting praise and deflecting any acknowledgement of my hard work. So it seems like this nice phrase to say to yourself, but when I dug deeper, I realized what was really going on. And I share this because maybe you have a phrase like this that you want to investigate deeper. So think about what that is for you. I need to be able to sit with and really let in my own hard work, my achievements, compliments from others, and again, own that power, that super, super strong power. So if this resonates with you, I invite you to do the same. And again, it can be so uncomfortable. And I feel like this is something that's not talked about because it's, it's weird. It's like we shouldn't have to learn how to accept praise or how to even just like acknowledge ourselves that we did something well. Like that shouldn't be something we have to learn. But it, it is for so many of us. We're so uncomfortable in that in that space of receiving. And it's so funny because like I talked about at the beginning, so many of us feel victimized. <laughs> and at the same time, we're like shut down to receiving like love and support, even from ourselves, like our own acknowledgement of our achievements. So there's so much to unpack here and there's so much work I know I have to do every day on a daily basis, but I'm really committed to it. And the Uplifted Journal has been really helping me with that. I think we have a few more of those still at the time that this podcast is airing, upliftedjournal.com if you want to check that out. But I did want to share these three phrases with you because I think they're helpful. And as a recap, they are, I have to, changing that to I choose to or I choose not to, I need, right? That one, it's more like, just, just catch that one. See, like, where is this need stemming from? 
Is it stemming from insecurity or an inability to sit still with myself or like a chronic need to always seek stuff outside of me for answers? And then the last one is this I'm so lucky, which is really, I found, was about my discomfort, uh, acknowledging my work, my accomplishments, and, and compliments from others as well. So I hope you found this episode helpful or there were some tidbits that you could also resonate with, uh, resonate with, excuse me. Let me know in the comments below. I would love to hear from you. You can also let me know in our private Facebook group. That's yoga hacks, H-A-C-K-S community.com. We'll redirect you to that private Facebook group where I can approve you as a member. And of course, uplifted family, upliftedyoga.com to deepen your practice with me. Join me for monthly live calls, book clubs, member only classes, monthly training classes and so, so much more. So much love from my heart to yours. Namaste. This episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga at brettlarkin.com uplifted. Yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. From my heart to yours, namaste.